0: Hi, this is Steve Thomas, pastor of the First Baptist Church at Delray Beach. Welcome to our podcast. We study God's word to apply it to our lives in order to make a difference in this life and in eternity. We hope you enjoy this message. We cry out, we cry out. Good to be with you today. I have an announcement as we get going today. Michaela Fitzpatrick is 16 years old. Praise God for that, right? Good to have you today. Good to be in the house of the Lord as we open God's Word. We're in a series, as Phil said, called The Gospel-Shaped Family. And you may say, well, I'm beyond my family years, or I don't have a family yet, or I don't know if I'll ever have a family yet. It's important that we all understand what the Bible says and what God's plan is for the family, even if you're not involved in it yourself right now. We're involved in family right here in the front row. We have all of our family except for one, our son, John is in Denver, but this is our son, Will, his wife, Alessandra, our son, grandson, Oliver, and Sarah, and our granddaughter, Eilie. Good to have you guys today. Yeah. <laughs> so they came to hear Grandpa preach. Praise God for that. They didn't know what they're getting into. You know, when we think about family, we think about what's our role? How do I, how do I help my kids follow Jesus and that's really what parenting is all about is how do I help my kids become disciples of Jesus Christ and the great thing about this is if you can do it with a child you can do it with an adult so if you don't have any kids you still have a lot of friends and it turns out I don't know if you've noticed adults are a lot like kids <laughs> amen and I think the older we get the more that's true um, we're a lot alike and so we're going to talk today about how do I help my child follow Christ? How do I parent them? And we're not going to cover every possible aspect of parenting, but we are going to talk about some basic principles of what it's like to help your child become a follower of Jesus. And in the light of that, really the the view is, well, how do we live? How do we raise gospel-shaped kids? By that, we mean we're we're responding not to a set of rules and laws, because we could all find those in books. There's a million parenting books out there that give you this is how you do this, and they're step by step by step by step by step. Really what we want to do instead, God, how do we live in light of the gospel? How do we parent in light of the fact that Jesus Christ paid the price for people like you and me? All of us. None of us deserve to be followers of Jesus. None of us deserve to know him. None of us deserve to be forgiven by him. We didn't earn it. We weren't born into it. It's something that Jesus has done on our behalf. So how do we help our kids do that? We're in Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. And as you know, we almost always preach through major sections of Scripture. We just finished Ezra and Nehemiah. But for this family series, we're looking at what the Bible says about specific areas of family. Today we're talking about children. Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. The word of the Lord says this, Then children were brought to him, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked the people. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Now, the key phrase in this whole thing, this whole scripture is this, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when you think about it, in those days especially, little children were really not valued a lot. They were kind of in the way, they were just kind of something you had. The oldest son was really important, but children were really not valued. They were kind of low on the totem pole. They weren't that important. But Jesus makes this incredible statement. He says, for such is the kingdom of heaven. Here's what he means. The kingdom of heaven is this people, this nation, if you will, this, this people that Jesus is raising up to follow him, to be disciples. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. You see it a lot in scripture and it ultimately will be Uh, completed when we all join him in heaven to be together in this perfect place the kingdom of heaven is present and it is future right it's being built now it'll become to full fruition ultimately in heaven so jesus makes this incredible statement that the kingdom of heaven is like kids interrupting me right think about that that's really what he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like children anybody ever been interrupted by a child today Cassie, would you like to come and share? No. (laughs) We've all been interrupted. Like, would you just wait a minute? Um, Here's Jesus teaching, and these kids come running in. And it really encapsulates his philosophy of building his kingdom. Because Jesus doesn't come conquering, does he? He doesn't come forcing people to follow him and, and conscripting people into his army. Rather, he comes drawing he comes bringing people to Himself by their own will. They don't even know they're being drawn on a lot of occasions. Jesus doesn't force. He draws people to Himself. John 6.44 says this, No one can come to the Father unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. That's incredibly great news, isn't it? Because if you've ever sensed God drawing you, That's him at work in you. That's the God of the universe at work in someone like you, Mike Walters. I can't believe it. That's what Jill was telling me earlier. I mean, it's incredible. Thank you for nodding appropriately. I mean, to think that the God of the universe would be reaching down in your heart and drawing you to himself. Have you ever had that happen? If you've responded to him, that's God at work give you great confidence and joy no one can come unless God draws them so here's the picture these children are coming to Jesus and Jesus says this is what my kingdom is all about it's about me drawing little people who don't have a ton of value to me that's the picture now these kids in this case are not just like random kids playing hide and go seek around the block And they happen to show up, and they happen to come upon Jesus and go, Hey, Shazam, there's Jesus. Maybe he's got candy, right? (laughs) That's not the picture. These kids, it says they were brought to Jesus, very likely by parents, wanting the great rabbi, the great teacher Jesus, to be able to give them a blessing. So see what's happening? See how God is working through parents to bring kids close enough for Jesus to draw them to himself. I love that picture. You see, there's a part that you have to play as a parent. There's a part that we have to play as a church. There's a part that you have to play in your friends to come to Jesus, but really you can't can't go that last mile. You can't close the deal, if you will, as much as salespeople like me would like to. You know, come on, let's just make one more. So what would it take to get you into Jesus today? Right? What would it take to close this deal right now? We just want to close the deal, right? Because that's how we are. I mean, we're Americans. That's what we do. We close deals. No, see, it's, it's like Angel had a piece of steel back there and I had a big old magnet. It's not going to affect the steel until we, get the, until we get the steel close enough to the magnet. You get it close enough, the two are going to come together. You can't make it happen. You can only get it in position. So really what our goal is as parents and as disciple makers is to let little children, let people come to Jesus and not get in the way. Not get in the way. You know, some of you may have had that experience growing up, may have had that experience as an adult. As you've considered Christ, the biggest problem you've had is church people were too crabby. You didn't want to be like them. Nobody in this room? All those other church people, other places, right? Jesus says, don't get in the way. Get them close, and I'll draw them in. So how do we do that? How do we let it happen instead of making it happen? How do we let our children come to Christ rather than forcing them to come to Christ? There's about four things I want us to look at today and uh, ways that we as parents and as disciple-makers can let people come to Christ versus making them come to Christ. The first thing you want to do is take them to Jesus. Take them to Jesus. And you're probably saying, well, I haven't seen him lately. How do I do that? You're here. You've come to Jesus. When the body of Christ gathers together together, His spirit is there. See, the people of the church make up the body of Christ. And if you're in the presence of the church, you're in the presence of the spirit of God. It's so important that we bring our kids to church. And the beauty of this is you don't have to be super spiritual or knowledgeable or smart or anything like that to do this. Sometimes we think, well, man, you know, I don't know how I'm going to. Raise my kid to follow Jesus. I don't know enough. I don't have enough time. I'm not. Listen, the one thing you can do is bring him to church. Shockingly, I was not the greatest engineering student in the world when I was in college. But there's one thing I knew I could do. I could do this as well as any other student. You know what it was? I could come to class. And it seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of guys didn't come to class. And I'm thinking, that's why you're flunking. You're not even showing up. You're not that smart. I determined I was going to come to class because I wanted to graduate. So you may be asking, well, how often should I bring my kid to church? Do you want him to graduate? How much do you want your child to follow Jesus? How important is it that they're around Jesus? How often are you going to have them there? It depends on how much you want him to follow Jesus need to be in church the second way you can take him to Jesus and I think is almost as important is that you have other families that are walking the same journey with you so important in church that we gather as families and and we we hang out together outside of church we go to the beach together we do fun things together so that they know other kids who are being told essentially the same things that your parents told you your whole life right well that's right um, Everywhere we went, we made it an important priority to build, other, build relationships with other families who were doing roughly the same thing as we were. So the kids knew, there's our, fam- our parents are not totally crazy, they're partially, but they, other parents are doing the same thing. There's other kids doing the same thing. So when God's people gather, even outside the church, that's still the presence of the Spirit. Take them to church, build relationships with other families who are doing the same thing. If you want them to follow Jesus, take them to Jesus. Secondly, teach them the way of Jesus. There are things you need to teach them yourself. I was in Walmart the other night, and uh, there was a dad there with probably a five or six-year-old kid, and he's teaching him about stuff that he knows. And it was something about... Um, first aid kits he goes. now a real first aid kit has this and this it's something that he knew which i thought was amazing i wanted to tap him on the shoulder. like go, way to go man i don't know if you know what you're talking about but you're teaching your kid what you know they need to know what you know even if you feel like you don't know a lot they need to learn certain things from their mom and dad and take that responsibility when they're little you're you're reading them the bible stories you're teaching the Bible stories. If you're in our house, you're acting out Bible stories. Um, You grow up knowing about knowing the Bible. You speak scripture around them. They hear it. They get it. And as they get older, you share your testimony. And again, this is true for adults as well that you're trying to help follow Jesus. You share the stories. You share your Jesus story. Hey, This is how I came to This is how Jesus drew me. This is how I knew. This is how I felt his presence. This is how he saved me, did this amazing thing in my life. Then as they get older, one of the things you watch for is our teachable moments. When are those times when they need to to speak into their lives from a godly perspective? Maybe it's a a loss, a broken relationship, a, a failure, a defeat. Or maybe it's a success and you need to speak it you know, we need to be thankful to Jesus for this and and maybe those are the things that you can speak in their lives, but there's those moments when they're gonna be listening. A lot of those happen on in the car on the way to school, on the way to practice. Um, when they're going to bed and they don't want you to leave them yet, they'll talk about anything typically. As long as you'll talk. And then as they get older, it's later and later and later and later. Amen, Debbie it's later until you're thinking, what are you doing up at 2 a.m.? To which they say, I'm in college. What else would I be doing? (laughs) Teachable moments, but we also need to be demonstrating to them what it means to be a follower of Jesus, living that out in the way that you treat people, the way that you treat servers, the way that you treat people Yes, in traffic. The way that you conduct your business. I was a kid, my dad used to take me on business lunches and breakfasts and dinners. I didn't know what I was doing. But it was super cool to watch him function and to watch him live out his life with integrity around business people. Demonstrate to them that you're not something different at home than you are around your church friends. They need to see that you're for real. For real. You need to demonstrate that by the way you treat people, the way you conduct your business, the way you act to your neighbors. One of the most important things we all need to teach our kids is the grace of Jesus and the justice of Jesus. See, parenting isn't all about just giving them whatever they want, amen? It isn't all about just giving them this fun time. All It's important, but you also need to help them understand there is a justice that God demands which is why Jesus had to die for us. There's a price for sin, right? There's a cost. There's a standard. There's a way that we live that pleases him. And so in parenting and in your home, they need to be able to see that you have a lot of fun, right? But that there's a standard. My parents did this really well. My dad used to, dad and mom used to take us to play ball uh, with them, not just on a team. We played ball as a family. That's where I learned the great phrase that when my sister got hit with a ball and my dad shared with her, it'll feel better when it stops hurting. <laughs> See, this is a great teachable moment, you know, as my sister's rolling around on the ground, you know. She learned to catch, Bren, you know. Um, she did. But they need to know that fathers of Jesus are joyful, happy people, but that there is a standard. Parents were a lot of fun, very strict. A lot of fun going to theater, going to ball games, and getting a lot of trouble when you scratch the car. Hypothetically speaking, so we need to take them to Jesus. We need to teach them the way of Jesus, and we need to travel with them on the road to Jesus. Let me tell you what I mean. Early, you are constantly leading them. You're constantly parenting. But as they grow, you need to be walking with them. I love the way Jesus presents the ultimate assignment in the Great Commission, when he says, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's your assignment, he doesn't leave it there. I love it, he says, and behold, I am with you always. See, God doesn't give you an assignment to do on your own and just leave you to it, say report back. He says, no, I'm actually going to work with you as you do this. See, as parents, we need to be walking with our kids as they are doing things. A lot of times that might be helping them with homework. It might be doing a project with them. It might be hypothetically building a hut out of uh, branches in the backyard. I don't know who we did that with. Um, but you need to travel with them, walk with them, spend time with them. One of the greatest tools you have in your toolkit as a parent is just to be with them. Extra time, spending some extra time, having them go to the hardware store with you, taking a little trip with them, spending time with them so that they know you. You don't even have to be saying anything necessarily, it's just that you're together with them. And sometimes you really just need to show up. Sometimes you just need to show up where you're not expected. Sometimes you need to go to their college campus and say, hey, let's have dinner. Just to be there at a time that might be really important. Maybe you hear something, maybe they request it, maybe they want to, whatever it is, you just show up. When I was in college, I worked in Oklahoma for a summer, didn't have a phone, lived in a posh apartment on top of a TV shop. (laughs) You can imagine what that was like. Um, I pulled into my parking spot one night after work in a dusty old junker of a Chevy and uh, I'd been gone a couple of months, no phone. You remember these things called phone booths with four cell phones? Um, that was how we communicated. We had to get to the phone booth. So I hadn't heard from my parents in a while. And uh, I got out of my truck, look across the street, and there's somebody that looks exactly like my dad. It is my dad. I'm 450 miles from home, and my dad just showed up. It was one of the greatest days had a great time, went to dinner, spent time, just be there, and show up maybe when not expected, but you're not trying to surprise them, just show up at a time that you're not necessarily something going on. A lot of times for parents, we're just going if there's some big event, you just need to be there when there's not a big event. Take them to Jesus, teach them the way of Jesus, travel with them on the road to Jesus, What might be most difficult, trust them to Jesus. See, as parents, just like everything, we have to open our hands and say, God, I'm trusting you with these children. They're not really mine, although it sure feels like it, doesn't it? You sure have been spent a lot of time and money on them, right? They still feel like they're yours, but they're not, are they? They're just stewards of this child. And Jesus, I'm trusting you to save my child. I'm going to do everything I can to put them in position to respond to you. But in the end, God, I am trusting you to save them. Sometimes we wonder as parents, well, how do I know that my child is being drawn to Jesus? How do I, what do I look for? Are there certain phrases, words, or special incantations or chanting that I need to do? Why does that work? You know, honestly, what you're looking for them, you're looking for them to say something that you didn't tell them that you know is God drawing them to, right? You're looking for them to use a phrase. uh, I think for Sarah, it was you're moving from a caterpillar to a butterfly. You want to be a butterfly. Um, There's a sense of of something. I I need change. God, I I need to be like you. And there's there's a conviction in their heart that he can put there that you didn't put there. That's what you're looking for. I'm trusting you, Jesus, to save them. As much as I wanted to force my kids to be saved, I knew I couldn't do that. didn't want to do that. I wanted to see Jesus save them, for them to respond to him. Because they don't live in your house forever. They do grow up, and that's what you want. You want to see them go off and follow Jesus and do amazing things. You want to see God do things through them that you could never have dreamed of. You have to trust them to Jesus. But there are some ways we can get in the way, and I just want to cover these briefly because it can really be a problem for your child. The first is just simply, these are hindrances to them coming to Jesus, simply provoking them to wrath, as it says in Ephesians. Don't just simply make them mad. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Limit the rules as much as you possibly can to broad ideas as opposed to every little thing. Give them a life that is fun. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Don't be extra biblical in some of your requirements. Don't provoke them to wrath. In light of that, don't make it a rule-shaped life. Rather, a life should be shaped by the gospel. A life that is sacrificial, that says, I love you, I'll do anything for you, rather than, you didn't keep the rules, so I have to withhold my love from you. It's very easy for us to get there as parents. Make it a gospel-shaped life rather than a rule-shaped life. And I touched on this earlier. Beware of a lack of authenticity. You really can't hide your spirituality or your lack of spirituality from your kids. They know. They know. They know whether Jesus is real to you. You're not perfect, obviously, but if you are living a repentant life saying, Jesus, I'm dependent on you. I'm not perfect, but I'm going to live a life in light of what you've done for me. I want to live a life to please you. If you're faking it, they're going to know, and it's going to hurt them. It's going to hurt them. And then finally, another, the last hindrance is trying to coerce them to be what you couldn't be. Living your life through them. Trying to help them be something that you were never able to achieve and that's why we have children's athletics. Amen, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> Thank you, Will. You're a way better baseball player than I was. Sarah was a way better singer than I was and a pretty good basketball player, she won't admit it. Um, John was a better everything than I was. Um, uh, I only let him play sports I enjoyed, you know I'm saying. <laughs> I know that's you, Walters, as well. Um, I'm being facetious, but we can get there. We can define ourselves by how our kids are, and go, "Hey, man, I'm the, I'm the dad of that kid just hit a home run. Yeah, just you want to tell me how he did it? And I taught him how to hit just like that. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I, I was that good. He's almost as good as I was. You know, all that. But it can be really true throughout life. that we as parents put such pressure on our kids to exceed our expectations that we're not happy when our kids aren't successful as we think they should be. And when that happens, we have left Jesus being our identity. That's a really good way to kind of tell, wait a minute, am I all about Jesus being my identity? Or is my identity only in my kids' achievements? This can be true of a lot of other areas of our lives. We kind of define ourselves by our our social standing, our business success, how much influence we have, how many followers we have, how many likes we got on our last post. Wait a minute. I thought Jesus was the most important thing in my life. Even though your kids are incredibly important, Jesus is way more important. Don't base your identity on them. You're basing it on Jesus Christ. So let me ask you, where are you? Are you terrified that your kids are going to be messed up? Or maybe you have children who are far from God and you're going, what do I do? Listen, our job as parents is to think, have I taught them? Is there something I need to teach them? Something I need to demonstrate? Do I need to take them somewhere? Do I need to take them to Jesus? Do I, do I just need to be with them, travel with them? Or do I need to trust them to Jesus and I have not You can't make them come to Christ. It's up to Jesus to draw them. We just need to put them in the best position we can for them to come to him and to make sure we don't have any hindrances. I don't want to be a problem for them coming to Christ. I don't want to be a nag to them. I just want to make sure that they know I love them. And let me just say this. Your kids know what you think way more than you think they do. You know, you think that if I told them one more time, They would get it. Well, they've been listening to you for their whole life. It's an amazing thing that God chooses to use us. We are the number one plan to reach people for Christ. You're the plan. Jesus said, I'm leaving this to you guys to make disciples. You're the plan. But your role is only to do your role and not God's role. Let them let me ask you, is there something in your life where you need to say, I need to, to let my child come and I need to, I haven't taught him or I haven't taken him to church or I haven't traveled with him or I haven't trusted him to God. There might be one of those things you want to address in your own heart or with your spouse. How do we need to improve in this area? Because there's nothing more important on earth than someone coming to Christ. Nothing. There's nothing more thrilling than to know that your kids or your friend or your family member has is walking with Jesus. To know that he's in their heart and in their head and it's not just your voice in their heart and in their head. I urge you today, would you take an inventory? Am I hindering or am I letting them come? Am I letting it come? Am I setting up the right conditions to let them come to Jesus? Some of you may say, you know, Steve, I, I don't know that, I'm a gospel-shaped person. I don't know if I've ever received this Jesus you're talking about. I've known about living a good life, but I I don't know about this idea that Jesus paid the price for me. I don't know that I've let him save me. So you can receive that gift today, but it's going to take the easiest and the toughest thing you've ever done, and that's repenting of your sin. It's easy and it's simply, you just have to repent. But it's hardest, and they have to say, to admit I'm wrong, which for us, it's hard. It's hard. Jesus said, "I died for you." Will you admit that I needed to die for you? Oh, what a difference in your family that would make. For some of you, you just need to say, God, I, I haven't trusted you with my kids. You just need to repent of some of these things we talked about today. This is so important, so amazing, so much fun. I urge you, let them come to Jesus. Would you bow with me? Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to support this ministry, go to our website at fbcdelray.com. Also, click the share button so you can share this message with a friend or someone in need as we seek to know Jesus, to know others, and to make him known. We cry We cry.